Hello, and welcome back to the Money Bear Podcast. This is your host, Chloe Daniels, better known as Clover Money Coach on the internet. And we're doing something a little different today for the quick tip. I'm going to spend the next 20 to 30 minutes answering your guys' money questions. So what I did is I posted it on Instagram, of course. I was like, give me your money questions. So we're going to do a little bit of a rapid fire. But first, I always give you guys a little life update. And I mean... Do I have that many things to update you on my life? I don't know. I mean, this last week has been uninteresting. It's just been busy. I've had a lot of stuff to do work-wise and I'm working with a money coach again. Shout out to my girl, Natalia from I Speak Social. And working with a business coach has been amazing because I just feel like I'm not doing this alone anymore. And that feeling is truly amazing. So I'm really excited to like have somebody on my team who is paid to help me figure out the hard stuff. Because being a business owner, it's just like you get to the point where you're like, every decision is something I have to figure out. And sometimes I'm just like, I'm tired of all of these decisions falling onto me. I need help. I don't want to do this like alone anymore. And so that's why I decided to invest in one-on-one coaching with my business coach, Natalia. So that's my girl. I speak social. I did her course back in the day to understand how to like build a funnel. And then I did like a VIP day session with her to understand ads. And now um, we're working together to just like work on several things for Clobear. So that's good news for everybody because that just means more resources for you guys. Uh, we're working on launching something here soon and I'm very excited about it. By the time this episode comes out, it might be launched already. I'm not sure yet. So we'll see. The goal is early July. So yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't have any like personal updates though. Nothing has really changed except for I hurt my knee in jujitsu And so I had to take three days off this week. I want to try going back tonight and just doing the drilling and not rolling, rolling, a.k.a. sparring, a.k.a. like entering into actual practice fights. So, yeah, that sucks. I hate it when I'm injured because like especially with the knee, it impacts everything and I like can barely walk. So not fun and 10 out of 10 would not recommend. So yeah, that's what's been going on lately. And I guess we'll get to it. So we have a bunch of questions, listener questions. So I'm excited to kind of work through these. The first one that I have is from JMRPSG. What do you recommend saving for an emergency fund? So generally, when we're talking about an emergency fund, the rule of thumb is if you are a two income household, you can get away with with a three-month emergency fund. But if you are a six-month or if you are one income household, you will likely need closer to a six-month emergency fund. Now, keep in mind, the way that you calculate that is based off of what are your emergency expenses. So if for some reason you weren't making any money, if for some reason you lost your job or you were disabled and couldn't work, what would you have to pay for in that time frame? So first you've got to look at that. You get it, you whittle it down to what's my emergency fund expenses. And then you use that and you multiply it by three or six, depending on what situation you're in. Now, some people are a little bit more conservative and they like to go all the way up to nine months to a year. It just depends on your comfort zone. I think the people who would have a nine to 12 month emergency fund are maybe like, you know, people with a lot of health issues or people who maybe own a business and have inconsistent income, 
those are kind of the situations where you may consider a year emergency fund. My goal is to have about a year emergency fund now that I've moved to California and our expenses have gone up. I don't have exactly a year emergency fund anymore. So that's one of the big things that I've been working on this year is just kind of hoarding cash just so I can have more peace of mind. So that is the first question. All right. The next person asked, I don't know how to say your handle, Janu Pato. Tet? I'm totally missing that. But you asked, how do I switch from a target date fund to an index fund? Very easily. So if you're inside of a retirement account, the good news is likely this is not going to be a taxable event for you because if you're in a Roth retirement account, then you will never have to pay taxes on any capital gains or dividends that you make. If you are in a traditional retirement account, you don't have to pay taxes until you pull the money out in retirement. But if you are in a taxable brokerage account, one thing to consider is if you're in a regular brokerage account and you sell your target date fund, let's say you made money from that target date fund, this could be a taxable event. So just something to keep in mind. Again, don't really have to worry about it if you're in a retirement account, but if you are in a taxable brokerage account, that could be a taxable event. So keep that in mind. But essentially, all you have to do is sell the target date fund. So there will be somewhere on your brokerage, depending on which brokerage you use, that it says sell. And then you'll hit sell. You'll pick which target date fund you're selling and how many shares or how much of it you want to sell. And then when that money becomes available for you to trade, it should, it, for most brokerages, it should be available pretty much immediately. Then you go in and you buy whatever index fund you want to purchase. So it's very simple. What I would recommend doing is whatever brokerage you have, go to YouTube and put how to sell and how to buy a mutual fund or how to sell and buy a ETF, depending on what you're using. And short plug for my free class, because we do cover a lot of this information in that free class. So you can head on over to lazyinvestingclass.com. Okay. So what is the next question? All right. So the next question I have is... Should I, this is a really personal one, so I don't know how well I'm going to be able to answer this, but Jared asked, Jared Provost 27 asked, should I put my money towards one additional training mentorship, two paying off debt, three investing? So it's really hard for me to say because I don't know what your situation is, but I think that the only reason you would consider additional training and mentorship is if you believe that will significantly increase your income or improve the quality of your life. If you do not know if that will, I would question your decision to do that. Paying off debt is a very nuanced situation. Personally, I would never delay investing or stop investing to pay off debt. I think you can do both. I think you can prioritize, you know, investing and paying off debt at the same time. It's just maybe one is a little bit more urgent depending on what the interest rates are. But here's the thing is you guys have been listening for a while. You know that time is one of our biggest assets when it comes to investing in the stock market. So you cannot delay by years paying off your or delay investing. Like if you can avoid delaying investing, even if you're just getting started with $20 a month or $100 a month, have a huge overall impact in terms of how much you put in and how much your money grew. So I would only consider that additional training mentorship if you know for sure it's going to increase your income potential and talk to people who have done it, talk to people who have gone through the program or whatever it is that you're looking into so you can see how did their income change. Because 
I'm all for raising our income. I think that a lot of the times people go straight to education to raise their income, but that's not always the case. Like you don't always have to go get additional training or additional mentorship or whatever just to increase your income. So I would just look into it. I would say, am I doing this because I need to do this? Am I doing this because I have no other options? Or am I doing this because I want to and it's also going to improve my life? So those are that's what I would ask. That's what I would ask. All right. The next question. Can I invest in my HSA even though I am not on a high deductible health plan anymore? So the money that's already in your HSA you can still invest it. You cannot add new money to it though. So the HSA can be invested, but you cannot add money to it if you don't have a high deductible health plan. All right. The next question I have is root healing with Meg. Where the fuck do I start? I feel so behind at 33, married kids, self-employed, and no savings or portfolio. So what I will say is you are not behind. So many people start at 33. That is normal. You are okay. And the fact that you are self-employed means that you have control over your income. So you can actually ca- you can absolutely catch up. You're really not very far behind, but you need to start. You need to start investing. The easiest way to start investing is to open that Roth IRA or traditional IRA, depending on when you want your tax burden to hit. But you could literally get started with as easy as buying a, a target date fund today and then going off into the sunset and learning about investing so that you can decide, do I want to continue buying this target date fund? So what I would say is come to our free class. We've got the free class, lazyinvestingclass.com. Download our free guide, moneyrightguide.com. Both of those things combined, I mean, you're going to have the information. If you, Especially if you go through it and you work through that free guide, you're going to know what to do by the end of it. So if you don't, we have other resources for you as well. But a lot of people can go through that, watch the videos, learn, and then they'll start investing. So you've got to get started though. That's the biggest thing. And I know lack of education is like the number one thing that keeps people from starting. So that's why I'm like, you could start with a target date fund today. Buy a target date fund for the year that you plan on retiring, put it into your Roth IRA account, and then go educate yourself. Go spend some time learning, but at the very least you got started. So I'm a huge proponent of just getting started and then like, we'll figure the rest out as we go. Okay. I mean, the reason I'm such a huge proponent of getting started is I, not that long ago, was looking at my brother's 401k. He didn't even know he could log in to his account online. And I was like, let's just look at it. Let's like make sure you're invested. Let's see where it's at because I'm curious. And I was like helping him calculate like his future potential growth. And I was like, well, how much do you currently have invested? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, what's in your 401k? He's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, let's look at it. And so we logged in and he's been contributing to his 401k consistently for like three or four years, maybe five. I can't remember how long. And he had 50 grand just sitting there. Like what a nice surprise, right? But that is the power of getting started before you even know, like before you even realize how to invest. Because it's like, if you can get started in a way that's easy, you don't have to do anything. You just put it in there and you're like, I'll go learn elsewhere. That's huge. That's a $50,000 huge. So get started, even if it's just a target date fund. And again, we have tons of those resources available at moneyrightguide.com and lazyinvestingclass.com. You can find it all at clobear.com. It's a lot of .coms. I just said so many things. Okay. So the next question was, uh, how do you feel about withdrawing contributions from your Roth IRA to buy a house? Says Carly. I don't love it. (laughs) 
So I know you can withdraw up to, I believe it's $10,000 tag. I can't remember if it's tax-free, but I know it's penalty-free. You can withdraw up to $10,000 from your Roth IRA. Now I got to Google fact check myself. Do you have to pay taxes on it? I don't think you have to pay taxes on it. Roth IRA withdraw first time home buyer. Do you pay taxes? Sometimes you got to Google it. <laughs> it's hard to remember all of this stuff, even if I've covered it before. The retention, man. So if you're still feeling like, why am I Googling so much? It's because the rules change all the time. Okay. So yes, you can take it out tax-free and penalty-free as long as you use it for a first-time home. So that's $10,000 that you can withdraw to buy or build your home without the 10% penalty and the taxes. And basically, you're qualified as a first-time home buyer who hasn't owned a home in the last three years prior to closing. So it is like a little loophole. Now, the reason I'm like, no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that unless I had so much money invested that it was just like, I don't even need this money. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I don't want to steal from my future to fund my present. Ideally, we are saving for home purchase outside of our Roth IRA. Our Roth IRA is not supposed to be the tool that we use to fund a home purchase. It can be part of it, but that's only if you're doing all the other stuff that you're supposed to be doing and you're getting all that tax-free growth like for your retirement and you have extra that you could also use for this home purchase. But I think a lot of times it's like people are saving and they're investing for their future and they're like along the way, they're like, oh, I think I also want to buy a house but they haven't been preparing for it. They haven't been saving for it. They haven't been putting money into their high yield savings account. And so they're just like, well, I have money in my Roth IRA. What if I just take this $10,000 off out of my Roth IRA? And then maybe I'm going to take out my contributions too. I wouldn't recommend doing that. There's a reason you put that money into the Roth IRA. And unless that reason was because you wanted to buy a home in the next five to 10 years, I would not steal from my future in order to pay for what I want right now save, spend the next year saving for it. Like Put that money aside. Do not steal from your future to fund a home purchase right now. Unless you have such an airtight plan that you're like, this is not going to impact my retirement. But I would argue most people think they have an airtight plan and then they do not actually have an airtight plan. So <laughs> that I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that route. And I know people will do that with their 401ks as well. Again, still not a big fan of that. And it's only $10,000. I know $10,000 may not seem like that much, but over the long term, $10,000 can be a significant amount of money when invested in the stock market. So I hope that answers your question. I mean, I'm just not a big fan about that. And you even said withdrawing contributions. So I think it's like not even just the $10,000. It sounds like you're talking about. You're talking about like withdrawing all of your contributions. Maybe that's going to have even bigger impact. So not a fan. I hope that helps. Okay. I'm going to do one more question. Let's see. What's a good one? Oh, I want to answer this one because somebody had asked and I kind of briefly mentioned it on my stories. Somebody said, did breaking up change your financial plans too much or did you have a backup plan? And the reason I want to talk about this because I think it's important. So first, obviously context matters. We were not dating for very long. Yes, he was an ex who we had dated for a year prior and we got back together. And the second time we dated for about seven months. So we did not have any combined finances. Like there was none of that happening. We were still very much on the, let's see if this is going to work or not. And 
It didn't, obviously, did not work. So there was no conversation of intermingling finances or anything along those lines. The reason I like to say that is, or I wanted to talk about that is because I think that's really important. I think that every person in a relationship should always have an exit plan. Like, even if you have the best relationship in the whole entire world, you still need to have money available to yourself because shit happens, people change, mental illness exists. Like, you've got to make sure that if the worst case scenario hits, you're at the very least prepared. Cause like, that's, that's just like a good thing to have in, in our stack and our resources available to us as human beings. Tarek and I did not have any intermingling. And I had said essentially on the story that the only way that this impacts my finances is uh, I won't be spending money on dates. I won't be spending money on travel with him. I won't be, you know, essentially paying for a bunch of stuff that I was paying for when we were together. So it's going to save me money. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's not a ton of money, but like probably you know, a couple hundred bucks a month. Yeah. If not more than that. So, so yeah, it doesn't impact me financially. And then also when I got the apartment out here, I wanted specifically to get a place that I knew I could afford if he did not end up moving out here because we had kind of, we, I was struggling with the relationship for probably the last two months before we broke up. And I just kind of had a feeling that one, he has a tendency to like drag his feet on decisions like that. And two, I didn't want to be in a situation where if for some reason he didn't come out, if for some reason we broke up, I wouldn't be stuck with like a two bedroom apartment I couldn't afford. So I can afford this place that I have right here. I have over a year worth of rent saved. So yeah, I just made sure that I went in knowing for sure and being realistic with myself because I could have said, oh, let me just get the two bedroom that's like $500 more a month and you know live farther away from the city because that's the place I can afford a two bedroom in. But I didn't. I mean, deep down, I knew that likely the relationship wasn't going to last and I made a decision that was best for me not the relationship, I guess. But I I mean, I talked to him about it when I decided to get the one bedroom and was just like, listen, we don't know when you're going to come out here. We don't know if and when that's going to happen. I don't want to be in a situation where I could be stuck with paying more rent than I'm comfortable with for however long it takes for you to come out here. So until we have a concrete plan, I'm going to stay in my one bedroom. So yeah, I hope that helps. And none of that was to shade him at all. He's a wonderful person. But yeah, somebody else had to ask, like, why did you guys break up? And it's just misaligned expectations, I think, on what it means to be in a romantic partnership. If we had to boil it down to one thing, <laughs> and that's that thing. And I'm not going to dive into it. But maybe someday I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it someday when it's vague and I can be like, oh, it's one of my ex-boyfriends. You know what I mean? Because I don't ever want to put somebody on blast. I mean, if he was a bad person, sure, I would put him on blast. But he's not. He's a wonderful person. We're just misaligned romantically. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's all I've got for you guys today. So I wanted to start doing a fun thing to kind of encourage people to leave us reviews because reviews are so important in the podcasting world and they also just make my day. So this is going to be based off of the Apple reviews. So if you're reviewing us, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. So what I'm going to do is each quick tip episode, I am going to select a winner for a free something. Either the Lazy Investors course, Lazy Money Masters, etc., whatever, you're going to get a gift. So today's winner, and this is from a little while ago. So Sarah, I hope you're still listening. I loved this review. Sarah said, 
and your last name's Piano. This was left a couple months ago because I'm clearly behind a couple months. I say a couple months ago. It was like eight months ago. (laughs) We'll do more recent ones next time. But Sarah had commented and said, I have really enjoyed and enjoyed listening to Chloe's podcast. I'm new to budgeting, figuring out how to get out of debt, investing, etc. And this podcast is the one I always turn to to learn more. Thank you. And thanks for keeping it fun. Sarah, thank you. I appreciate you. So you have won the Lazy Investors course since this is our very first giveaway. So if you hear this, if you're listening, just email me chloe at clover.com. And I am super excited to gift that on over to you. So if you want to be entered, we're going to do this every single week. Be sure to leave us a review. It helps me a lot. I will be selecting the reviews or I will be selecting a winner from the reviews. And I'm excited to be gifting you guys some stuff. So appreciate you all. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Money Bear Podcast. If you've made it this far, do us a favor, take two seconds, rate, review, and subscribe. It seriously means the world to me. And if you just take a sec to do that, I will appreciate you endlessly. And if you do, let me know on Instagram and I'll thank you personally. So got that. And of course, since we were talking about anything financial on this show, please note that nothing on this show is intended as financial advice. I don't know you, unfortunately. And because of that, I cannot tell you what to do with your money. You've got to work with a financial professional who knows your situation, who is preferably a fiduciary. And keep in mind that everything that we talk about on this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It's all my opinion. So there's that. If you want to see our full terms and conditions, head on over to the show notes. And while you're there, we've got free resources for you to get started on your money journey down in the show notes as well, including a free guide to help you with your budgeting templates and budgeting tutorials and investing 101, understanding the different accounts that are out there. All that good stuff is inside of my free guide, which is also available at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide. If you're ready to take our relationship to the next level, I am also hosting a monthly investing class. And that investing class, you can find the times we're offering it this month at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash webinar. That link is in the show notes as well. And that's where you have the chance to meet me live and ask those money questions live. It's a good time. We've had over 20,000 people as of recording this join or register. And uh, yeah, it's always nice to meet you guys. So I hope to see you there again. All that is available down in the show notes. So thank you again for coming and listening. I appreciate you and I'll see you next week.